0: Friends, residents, Taiwanese, your life is now complete. You're listening to the Taiwan Times Podcast with me, Mark Okay, This is the the first Taiwan Times Podcast with Mr. Jordan Reeves, the Executive Director of the Canadian Trade Office here in Taipei. Um, Jordan, thank you for, for doing this.
1: Well, Mark, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm always happy when someone wants to talk a little bit about Canada-Taiwan.
0: Yeah, well, you know, hopefully we'll uh, be able to introduce the listeners to a few things that they don't know about you, about Canada, uh, and even about your time in Taiwan. Um, I'm joined here by Monica, um, who is an intern at the Taiwan Times. Monica will ask some questions so you don't have to listen to my voice all the time. Um, Uh But Jordan, um, a question for you first, please. Politics aside... Um, How often do people who are not in diplomatic circles call you ambassador?
1: A very interesting question. Um, That actually happens a lot, I have to say. Um, And uh, I don't know, I I sort of uh, I, I suppose once in a while, uh, to be honest, when people use the uh, title ambassador when addressing me, sometimes they do perhaps have a political agenda, but most of the time it's really they just want to show respect. And uh, so I take it as that way. Um, as you know, you just, my title is executive director, and here we are in the Canadian Trade Office in Taipei. Beautiful day, by the way. You came by on a fantastic day. The uh, Sakura Blossoms are out all morning. There have been all these photographers taking photos. I was just out there myself. Um, But um, I think that um, obviously, you know, Canada and Taiwan uh, don't have official relations. Um, But I can tell you that this is indeed Canada's de facto embassy in Taiwan. And all the programs we offer... Uh, I've worked in many consulates and embassies for Canada overseas. Um, They're all the same thing. So we have a very um, important team providing services, consular services to Canadians and others uh, here in Taiwan. We've got a great team on the trade side working with Canadian companies uh, to introduce them to the market. We've got a great general relations team, too, that is very, very busy um, keeping uh, the business between Canada and Taiwan going, uh, working between uh, government departments to facilitate all the things we need to do. Um, so it's a, it's a very busy office. And, um, um, anyway, I, I just find working in this space incredibly rewarding. Um, and I've got to say that, you know, despite the context, uh, things that have gone on this past terrible year, 2020 in the world, the political context and all the challenges we, we're, we're all facing and so on. The, the Canada-Taiwan relationship has really been um, uh, a real positive, a real bright spot. Um, and it's basically because um, Canadians, Taiwanese, you know, we, we share the same values. And that you hear that phrase a lot, but it's really true. Uh, when we get together and it's obvious that both of us, both sides, uh, we really believe in democracy, uh, freedom of expression, um, media freedom, all of those things... It, there's there's an immediate trust there, and so um, the relationship is very strong, and it's been getting stronger uh, year by year. So for me, it's a huge honor to be able to have this job and to represent all these variety, all these Canadian interests in Taiwan and make these connections.
0: Well, prior to coming to Taiwan this time, I know it's not your first time here. And prior to coming to Taiwan, you served in India and Saudi Arabia. So when you first joined your, you know, your foreign service, did you check the box that said hot postings wanted? (laughs) Do do you have a thing for the hotter places in the world?
1: Um, You know, maybe subconsciously. uh, I can tell you I grew up in Vancouver. um, And one of the toughest moves I ever made was to Ottawa, which, as you may know, is the second coldest capital city in the world after Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia. Um, So, it is true, you know, on a a really cold, bitter day in January or early February, uh, with the wind chill factor, it could be as cold as, say, minus 50 centigrade in in Ottawa. And at the same time where I was in Saudi Arabia, uh, the temperature reached 50 degrees above zero. So, that's a spread of 100 degrees. I remember at the uh, pool in the embassy, Saudi Arabia, we actually refrigerated Uh, the water otherwise it was difficult to go for a swim at certain times of the year so but anyway you're right Um, perhaps subconsciously I have been looking for warmer climates I don't know what was like your favorite moment from those past postings or like a story you like to tell oh gosh oh that's that's uh, in a way a tough question because there's been so so many different uh, experiences you know i have to say like there when you work as a, a, a diplomat um you're involved in sometimes big transactions you're very proud of uh you might help uh, land a big investment for your country creating lots of jobs back home um that's happened um big export contracts that you're there and you hold the contract and wow our team was a big part of this and it's very rewarding that way um other things are more more along the lines of just very memorable uh, experiences um, I remember uh, being invited up on a, a stage in um, India with an audience of an estimated eight hundred thousand to one million people in the audience to give an address or you know those kinds of things mm-hmm. that as an ordinary Canadian which I figure I am uh, you would not never have those opportunities. Um, except maybe through this job. And so, uh, you know, it opens many doors and it, it opens your eyes too. Um, just one comment on that. I'll just say that, you know, I growing up, I was always very uh, interested in international affairs. I would put on a backpack and disappear for months at a time down through Central America, South America, or Europe, North Africa, places like this. Um, and I always sort of had an optimistic view of the world. I always was hoping that I would find out that wherever you went people you know when you get right down to it people are are positive uh, they want to help uh, They're well-meaning um, and you know despite all the challenges we face in this world and uh, so on I, I still hold to that and so my work as a as a diplomat um, is, is very much uh, grounded in that and I think that overall despite everything um, I still believe that's true, you know, and I think that's what we're working for too. Just better understanding in the world between governments and organizations and so on.
0: Okay. What is daily life like for, um, I will use the word prominent, uh, prominent, you know, national representative here inside well, I appreciate
1: Prairie. that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> what is daily life like? What do, what do you do day to day?
1: Okay, well, I guess a, a typical day wouldn't be too far off what some people's days are like, I guess. Um, wake up. As uh, soon as I can get to my, used to be Blackberry, now it's the iPhone, oh, like uh, check what's coming overnight because of the time difference in yes. North America. Make sure there's nothing urgent that we're being asked to task with. The minister's office is not waiting for a response and something within the next hour or two. Um, come to work. Usually look at the, the news, listen to the news, look at the paper, quick scan of what's being reported, what's going on. Um, I suppose I should be reading the Taiwan Times as well, right? Well, from today,
0: uh, no, from today. Absolutely.
1: Um, and then uh, get to the office. And what's first on my mind is, you know, normally we have sometimes morning meetings. We have an emergency response team that meets regularly just to review uh, everything we're doing to keep the staff safe around COVID. Um, we have a management meeting every week as well, where all the managers get together. But often I'll get together with the individual managers and officers looking at What's going to happen during the day? What meetings, what events has our office organized? Make sure I've got what I need uh, before I go out in public or speak to media or um, speak to other government officials that I've got what I need. Um, and that morning period is a time to make sure that sort of I'm, I'm, I guess I could say, I'm tasking or delegating or making sure things are in motion. And then during the day, it's a variety of things. You know, I can tell you, for example, yesterday, um, we went to call on uh, the Executive UN. we called on uh, De- Director General Wu Shouchun, who's um, in charge of uh, gender equality at the Executive UN, to discuss an upcoming virtual mission we have from Canada, organized by the Asia-Pacific Foundation of Canada, women's business leaders to Taiwan and how we're going to cooperate and, and the kind of attention we want to draw to some of those issues here. Um, and, uh, so we talked about that. Um, uh, I also worked on a, a report that we're, uh, working for Ottawa. We have a new Minister of Foreign Affairs, Mr. Mark Arnaud, former astronaut since last week, and we wanted to make sure that, uh, he's well briefed on all the issues between Canada and Taiwan. So we worked on that to get that out the door. And then another thing we had in the, in our big meeting room here, we had, um, uh, kids and parents and and, uh, high school principals from three different high schools in Taiwan that are following a Canadian curriculum and are offering joint degree diplomas between Canada and Taiwan to have a meeting with them. That's a model we'd like to roll out further to other high schools in Taipei and other cities around Taiwan because I think that it's a it's a great way uh, for the students they can graduate with two diplomas to also learn and become proficient in English and help Taiwan reach its targets for a, becoming a bilingual, uh, becoming a bilingual um, nation by twenty thirty, for example. So, what professional highlights have you had in your past two and a half years in post here in Taiwan? Like, how has the Canada Taiwan relationship developed in your time in post? Um, you know, it's it's really great. It's a good news story. The relationship continues to develop. Uh, this last year was a bit of an anomaly, right, with COVID and, and uh, folks not being able to travel. But I can tell you that, for example, um, some people are surprised to learn that we've got about 60,000 Canadian passport holders in Taiwan. And in Canada, we have well over 200,000 Canadians whose origins are Taiwan, and uh, so uh, may not be a surprise that over the last few years, every year we've broken records in terms of the number of people traveling back and forth. Um, we also, the trade and investment numbers have been going up. We topped $8 billion last year, which is also a record. Uh, for the last five years, Canada's been the fastest growing study destination for Taiwanese students. Um, so I think that, you know, and even between our schools and universities, there are now more than 350 Mou's and agreements between our colleges and universities. So a lot happening on the academic front. the, the relationship just keeps growing and we keep keeps um, becoming deeper and deeper. Uh, Canada and Taiwan are becoming more and more important to one another uh, as partners, trade, investment, people to people relations. Um, so it keeps us keeps us busy. That's for sure.
0: Away from the away from the business side for a moment, you are pretty active on Twitter. Oh, um, um, is, yes. Is it you or is it the staff member? Uh, no, your, face, your face is on there.
1: <laughs> that's right. So that is me. Uh, I'm looking over at a colleague here at the table. Uh, sometimes I lean on a, a colleague for some help with, because I'm trying more and more to put more Chinese language tweets out there. Okay. And I don't trust myself in Chinese. I, I often try to write my own tweets in Chinese. Um, but I usually, uh, lean on colleagues to make sure I got it, I've got it right. But no, that, that's me. I, I do that myself.
0: And, you know, away from, away from work, how do you like to spend your downtime, your, your hours away from the office?
1: Ah, uh, well, you know, there are a lot of options in, in Taiwan. Um, uh, I feel really lucky, you know, that, uh, my wife, myself, my daughter are, are all here in Taiwan, mm, not just because it's been, uh, uh, a very safe place this last year. Taiwan's done such an extraordinary and, uh, um, you know, it'd be leading the pack. In, as far as I'm concerned, in far, in terms of, um, keeping people safe and controlling the uh, pandemic situation. Um, but on a weekend, you know, I, I greatly look forward to, uh, time that I have on the weekends. I'll often go to one of the Taipei's ubiquitous, uh, independent coffee shops, uh, and have a nice coffee read, write short stories, something I like to do. Um, my wife and I will uh, find time, hopefully, uh, to go for a hike somewhere, whether it's, you know, Shangshan here, or uh, if we can get out to the coast. Uh, we love doing things like this. Uh, next weekend, I promised i take my daughter, who's very interested in art, uh, down to the Taichung Fine Arts Museum, which is my favorite fine arts museum in Taiwan.
0: Fantastic place. I spend a lot of time there myself. It's
1: brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's always super interesting. Um, so things like that, you know, I, I, uh, we really enjoy our time in, in Taiwan just yesterday, uh, live near Daan Park. And so just yesterday, just outside in the nice weather, ran into a couple of old friends, one who used to work at this office back in 2002, 2003, when I was first posted to Taiwan years ago and, um, just by chance. And so they came up and we sat outside on our, a little balcony with a view of the park and had a great afternoon so this is this is you know my ideal weekend in in Taipei okay you're approaching your third anniversary in the post here in Taiwan any inklings of what the immediate future holds posting wise posting wise mm-hmm. for me you know i wish i could tell you i've been waiting to find out myself so unfortunately no news on that front mm-hmm. yet um but uh we'll we'll see we'll have to wait normally for us um, we do. You're correct. We do have a, a sort of three year assignment in most cases. Um, so, and then we're expected to move on. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Ottawa to give me their my marching orders, and uh, we'll see.
0: Well, because most of the Canadian, you know, government officials will, of course, be listening to the Taiwan time Times.
1: Of course, yes. Um, have would to be you, careful. You yeah, say. of course.
0: Would you yeah. like to uh, name any places mm-hmm. that you would like to spend some time, perhaps? Oh. Of course, a warm country. Absolutely, it has to be a warm country. Um, professionally, uh,
1: places that are very important to Canada, like Taiwan. Uh, but, um, you know, um, gosh, I, 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 you know, I'm going to hold off, but I, I, will, I will say that most of my career has been spent in Asia, working in um, fast-growing, developing countries in Asia, and um, that's always been an interest. Because I see there um, the opportunity for me to make a difference uh, for Canada. Not that I, you can't do that elsewhere, um, but the work is a little bit different. You know, um, Europe is also very important, for example, and the United States, of course, for Canada is of paramount importance. Um, the work there is very much different. It, it's it's about coordinating positions on, on uh, important issues, climate change, all kinds of things like this. Um, in the developing countries um, where I've been in, say, in the past, in mainland China or India, even Saudi Arabia in a way, um, they wouldn't want me to call them a developing country, I don't think. Yeah. But um, it's, it's um, been about establishing new ties and new programs and new relationships. And I found that to be uh, quite interesting and, and quite exciting. Here in Taiwan, we're, we're just trying to... Uh, um, serve the important um, rela- and busy relationship that already exists and to build, strengthen, and deepen the ties that we already have. And, um, you know, we just launched a, a year of uh, Canadian Taiwanese innovators or Jia Tai, Chuang Jiao And this is to promote innovation partnerships. Uh, you hear a lot about the global supply chains that are changing, investment uh, flows that are changing. In the high-tech space, high-technology space, Canada and Taiwan are complementary in many ways. Canada is very strong in software and artificial intelligence. Taiwan has huge um, uh, prowess in terms of engineering, electronics, hardware. And so we're working very hard to build those
0: new relationships going
1: forward. And it's a very exciting area.
0: Well, just, one, just one more question then. Um, you are a trained journalist by trade. Any desire to come back to the dark side? To, to the future? dark side. To the dark side. Yes.
1: You know, I often think about it. Sometimes I feel more. Sometimes I feel like I have more control when you're on the other side of the um, podcast, asking the questions. Um, but uh, at this point in time, you know, it's it's uh, it's always a strong interest because without good journalism. Uh, without informing the public well and feeding public opinion and guiding public opinion in uh, intelligent directions, um, we don't have a strong government. We don't have strong democracies. And so, uh, I think it's of paramount importance. It's a you're right. It's a, it's always been an interest of mine, and I subscribe to many more uh, journals and newspapers than I can read. Um, and now the Taiwan Times, of course, is, is of course. on that list. Yes. Um, but uh, at this point in time, no immediate uh, plans to go back. But, of course, uh, one day I, of course, will
0: plan to write my memoirs and so on. And uh, I'm sure you'll buy a copy. Of course, of course. Yeah. So, you know, first in line. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very, very much. That was Mr. Jordan Reeves speaking to the Taiwan Times for our very first podcast. Thank you very much, Jordan.
1: Thank you, Mark.